conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. If you've listened to prior episodes of the show, you know that I'm a longtime Trump supporter and operate on the premise that Trump was the real overwhelming winner of the 2020 election, but was removed from office in a coup of criminal conspirators who with are within our own government. And these people constitute uh, particularly elements of the leadership of our intelligence community in collaboration with the Communist Chinese Party, the CCP. There is significant evidence to support this contention, but yes, it does need to be proven conclusively before the American people. Unless and until that happens, my views, along with many millions of other Americans, will continue to be written off as conspiracy theory and even condemned as a form of sedition. And this despite the fact that Trump's political opponents have never stopped claiming that Trump's 2016 election was the work of the now totally discredited conspiracy theory that Trump stole the election working with Russia. This is the infamous Russia collusion hoax. It's been investigated ad nauseum, but the only evidence to support it has been lies and trickery put forth by the political left. And as always, the Illegalities engaged in by those attacking and investigating Trump have never led to any of them being held accountable. For too many Americans today, remain. For too many Americans today, there is, I wouldn't say blissful, but certainly there's a. They don't seem to be aware of the great danger our country is in, with this cabal of uh, government gangsters, as former Trump administration official Cash Patel calls them. If I understand him correctly, I haven't read his new book titled Government Gangsters, <clears throat> who are in position of positions of power in much of our government. That doesn't isn't mean to say that there aren't a lot of good people in our government working to protect and help the United States of America. But uh, these people seem to be at odds with that notion. Incredibly, the gangsters who have installed the gangster Joe Biden in the White House, are being cheered on by the mainstream media organizations, many of our nation's major financiers and business people with their money in China, much of academia getting money from China, and the popular culture, particularly Hollywood, getting money from China. To me, it all comes down to money, money, money from the CCP used to influence and corrupt our society, along with the left-wing ideology that's been pumped out and promoted for decades now, through our educational institutions and popular culture. I have no doubt that Donald Trump was the one who truly got some 80 million votes in the 2020 election, but many of those votes were flipped in electronic manipulation via the Internet from Trump to Biden. Many more votes were almost certainly recorded for the horribly corrupt Joe Biden through massive ballot fraud, particularly in the key swing states that decided the 2020 election. And these same phenomena occurred in the 2022 midterm election, which saw radical left-wing U.S. Senate candidates and others favored by the American political left and, more importantly, their masters in the CCP get office, uh, rather win political office. 
if you listen to prior programs, you are probably aware election integrity activists Mike Lindell, Patrick Byrne, and others have been claiming with su- substantial evidence to back them up that the CCP has been involved in nationwide election cyber attacks on the USA in 2020 and 2022. And that corrupt Democrats and Republicans, judges and legislatures, legislators have helped facilitate this along with widespread ballot fraud. All this has exposed appalling corruption within much of our government and other societal institutions, along with a deep-seated conspiracy to facilitate the takedown of America as we have known it and empower the communist left here and around the world in order to eventually turn us into some kind of vassal state of what many of these people see as the inevitable rise of communist China as the world's dominant superpower. I say this not meaning that I think USA should be the world's dominant superpower. As far as I'm concerned, who cares about that as long as the USA is safe and free? And that would involve us being a superpower. Whether we have to dominate the world or not is not, I don't see as, I don't think we want to dominate the world, do we really? But we do want to be able to protect ourselves and preserve our freedoms. Whether those of us who believe in America as we have known it and the ideals of the country, including the rule of law, our constitution, will be able to take back our nation and politically rid it of those who want to destroy it remains to be seen. But the danger signals of the USA being steadily transformed into some kind of Marxist or other socialist hellhole are all around us. If you listen to my shows, you know I am constantly pointing out these signs in an effort to wake up more Americans to the perils we face. With these things in mind, let's start off today's program with some sound files with material related to the corrupt election situation in Arizona, where Republican and Trump-supported gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake recently lost her second court fight to have the 2022 governor's election overturned, this time with her team's contention that some 274,000 ballot signature verifications being improved in less than three seconds by Maricopa County election personnel, and among those, some 70,000 being approved in less than two seconds, was illegal. As I predicted, the Honorable Arizona Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson, who had promptly thrown this claim out with Lake's other claims, promptly dismissed as insufficient legally Lake's remaining claim that these virtually instantaneous signature verifications constituted fraud and illegality under the state law. Thompson was ordered to reconsider this last claim on the ballot signature verifications by the state Supreme Court, which itself promptly dismissed six of Lake's seven election fraud claims. Lake has contended that Arizona is controlled by the drug and human trafficking Mexican cartels, well known to be working with the CCP and its operatives to smuggle the deadly synthetic opioid fentanyl into the U.S., where hundreds of thousands of Americans have died from overdoses. This, I say is the real reason why our gangster-in-chief, Joe Biden, called for the infamous surge at our southern border that was allowed, at le- that has allowed at least 6 million, I believe, illegal aliens to flood into our country since his installation in the White House. The evidence is overwhelming that Biden is badly compromised by the CCP and does all he can, whenever he can, to help the CCP, even though he does and is being forced, perhaps dragged, kicking and screaming, of course, I'm speaking hypothetically here, but, you know, uh, being forced to do things that also 
are protecting America and standing up to China. But it doesn't seem like there's a day go by that there isn't something that he can't do to help China that he does if he can. As you may know, the Republican-led U.S. House Oversight and Accountability Committee recently reported that they have examined so far bank suspicious activity reports showing that numerous Biden family members have received through shell companies wire transfers totaling some $10 billion from China and other countries. And Peter Schweitzer, president of the American Accountability Institute and author of the book Red-Handed, How America's Elites Get Rich Helping China Win, reported that Biden family members have received at least $31 million from the CCP. Let's see the Department of Justice investigate that. Here's an audio version of an article carried on the EpochTimes.com website, May 23, on the Honorable Judge Thompson's ruling on Kerry Lake's signature verification contention. Please play soundbite one. Judge rules on Kerry Lake's latest legal challenge. An Arizona judge has dismissed Kerry Lake's latest legal challenge to last year's gubernatorial contest while confirming the election of Democrat Katie Hobbs as Arizona governor. Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter A. Thompson said in a May 22 ruling obtained by the Epoch Times that Lake's team failed to provide enough evidence that Maricopa County did not verify signatures on mail ballots in accordance with the law. Lake had argued that Maricopa County did not perform signature verification on hundreds of thousands of early ballots correctly during the November 2022 midterms, while county officials had insisted that the verification was done in line with statutes. Her lawyers argued that there was evidence that lower-level screeners who found inconsistencies in signatures ran them up the chain of command, where they were neglected by higher-level verifiers. They also argued that some 274,000 signatures were compared in less than two seconds each, though the judge ruled that the time was not relevant and did not amount to a statutory violation. Reynaldo Ray Valenzuela, the Maricopa County Director of Elections, said that over 150 people reviewed the signatures and that a total of four levels of signature verification took place. Mr. Valenzuela testified that the final canvas was accurate, Thompson wrote in the ruling. No clear and convincing evidence, or even a preponderance of evidence, contradicts him. At the conclusion of the three-day trial, Thompson said the court did not find enough evidence of misconduct as alleged by Lake's team. It is ordered, confirming the election of Katie Hobbs as Arizona governor, the judge ruled. Lake has not publicly commented on the ruling, though she said in a Twitter post that there would be a big announcement coming on Tuesday. She later reposted a meme poking fun at the fast pace of signature verification with the comment Arizona signature verification. Judge, nothing to see here. Hobbs has not publicly commented on the ruling, though an attorney representing the governor called it a victory for Arizona, our election processes, and voters across the state. No way to review signatures. Early voters in Arizona must sign an affidavit on the ballot envelope that says they are registered to vote in the state. Those signatures are one of several security measures for mail-in ballots. Lake's lawyers argued there was a flood of mail-in ballots in Maricopa County at a time when there were too few workers to verify ballot signatures. Lake sued Hobbs, along with Secretary of State Adrian Fontes and Maricopa County election officials, requesting last year's election results be thrown out or that she be declared the victor.
Election data show that Lake was behind Hobbs by about 17,000 votes. Lake's attorneys said the county ultimately accepted thousands of ballots that had been rejected earlier by workers for having mismatched signatures. There's simply no way to review signatures with respect to procedures, Kurt Olson, one of Lake's attorneys, said at trial, according to the Associated Press. Based on Maricopa County data that was analyzed by expert witness Eric Speckkin. Olson said that approximately 274,000 ballots out of 1.3 million cast were compared and signature verified, purportedly, in less than three seconds a ballot. 70,000 in less than two seconds a ballot. That's not signature comparison as defined by Arizona statute, Olson said. In his ruling, the judge acknowledged Speckin's expert testimony saying that Speckin testified about what he believed to be necessary for signature verification in his line of work. However, the judge said that there is no statutory or legal requirement that a specific amount of time needs to be applied to verifying signatures. Giving all due weight to Mr. Speckin's signature verification expertise, his analysis and preferred methodology is not law and a violation of law is what plaintiff was required to demonstrate, he wrote. Accepting that argument would require the court to rewrite not only the but Arizona law to insert a minimum time for signature verification and specify the variables to be considered in the process, the judge added. This is justice. During the trial's closing arguments, Maricopa attorney Thomas Liddy rejected Olson's conclusions based on Speckin's calculations indicating that a mere few seconds were spent on verifying each signature. There's no competent, mathematical calculation whatsoever to conclude that a sufficient number even one ballot was improperly counted, let alone that there's a sufficient number of votes improperly counted so as to affect the election's outcome were even rendered uncertain, Liddy said. Liddy also argued that Lake has proven that our election process in Arizona is neither a joke nor a fraud. It works, it works well, and Arizonans can vote and be confident their vote will be counted. I ask this court to again reconfirm. Miss Hobbs' election as governor. The judge sided with Maricopa County, ruling that the court did not find enough evidence to support Lake's claim, while declaring Hobbs the winner. Craig Morgan, an attorney with Sherman and Howard who represented the governor, told AZ Central that the ruling confirms what we have known all along. Arizona's elections are safe, secure, and reliable, and those who help facilitate Arizona's elections are honest, have the highest integrity, and are committed to the preservation of our democracy, Morgan said. Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Clint Hickman, a Republican, told AZ Central that the verdict was a reflection of insufficient evidence brought forward by Lake's team. When bombshells and smoking guns are not backed up by facts, they fail in court, he told the outlet. This is justice and this is what happened today in Carrie Lake's election contest. Last week's trial is the second that has been brought in Lake's election-related challenge. It is unclear whether Lake intends to appeal. The Associated Press and Jack Phillips contributed to this report. This is justice today in Arizona and much of the rest of our country. Well, I can go on and on about the election anomalies and bizarre things that happen, but 
if you've been following it, you know most about it. It's up there on the internet too. Now let's hear from election integrity warrior Mike Lindell and some of his observations on this latest lake setback in an interview with him by Emerald Robinson, May 24, on her The Absolute Truth television program on Lindell's website, frankspeech.com. Please play soundbite two. Despite the bad news for Carrie Lake, Arizonans are hoping to clean up their elections, received some encouraging news from the Arizona legislature yesterday. Arizona Senate Majority Leader Sonny Borelli issued a letter to every county election office notifying them that they are not to use electronic voting machines in the 2024 elections after Katie Hobbs vetoed the law they sought to codify the move. But the majority leader asserts that the Constitution gives plenary uh, plenary authority to state legislatures to override the governor's veto. And with that, let's bring in Mr. Mike Lindell to react to all of this big news out of Arizona. It's good to see you, Mike. I mean, some progress, maybe a bit of a setback for Carrie Lake. First off, what do you think about the judge's opinion uh, in the Lake signature verification trial? And will this appeal and go back up to the Arizona Supreme Court that has responded a little more favorably to Lake and her team? Well, I believe we're, you know, we're definitely, it'll definitely be appealed. I don't know which court. I know Carrie's making a big announcement this morning where that's going to go. Um, I will say corruption, corruption, corruption. Um, I compare this to Emerald, and I said it on my show yesterday. Uh, you go back to the um, to El Capone in Chicago uh, back in those days. They couldn't get him on racketeering and murder and um, gambling and bootlegging because why? He had police in his back pocket. He had judges in his back pocket. All these entities in their back pocket. So they went at it for another for another from another angle, and uh, which was uh, tax evasion. Uh, we are going, and I'll tell you this on your show right now, we're going after this at a different angle. And you see the start with Sonny Borelli down there saying these machines, these elect, these computers are with parts made in China and other places. They have to go. It's against our, our government has deemed them, uh, our election platforms, critical infrastructure. So you've got that angle. And then we're going to announce at our big summit, the Election Crime Bureau Summit, August 16th and 17th, the plan going forward um, and to the whole country and the world. And we're coming at this from a different angle. We're still going to pursue courts. We have over 100 cases going on across this country right now. Some very small, you don't hear about. And you certainly don't hear about the successes that are in, you know, that, that the success out there because nobody puts them on the news. Conservative media is gone and the attack media even stays silent when there's uh, good things going on uh, out there. Now, if you're familiar with uh, Lindell's website, frankspeech.com, there's all kinds of stuff uh, about election uh, situations, the fraud, alleged fraud, and all these other things, all kinds of evidence to support the claims. And so it's a wealth of information there. Um, And I do believe he's referring uh, to uh, his new – it's actually August 16th and 17th, I think he said, coming up – it's going to have the Election Crime Bureau Summit <laughs> or something like that. We'll have more on that later, but it is coming up uh, in a few months here. And that ought to be very interesting. I think something that has always bothered me is that the big problem with these swing states was these control, these corrupt vote location 
or areas where, you know, and this one in Maricopa County is controlled by Republicans, supposedly, but they're all seem to be on the take with the cartels and everything there. Um, but the legislature under the Constitution is allowed the to determine the manner of elections along with time and so forth. And why don't these if we have real we have to weed the rhinos out of our Republican Party, but the real Republicans, if they could get together, if there's enough of them in these legislatures and the, the states where they dominate legis- legislatures, they could move into these areas like Atlanta and Philadelphia and Detroit and Maricopa County, Phoenix, and take over the election sites and make sure that these people follow state law. Well, I'll have more on that uh, down the road here. But anyway, shifting now to more news and commentary on the Biden crime family, as you are probably also aware. Uh, I mean, that name uh, sticks to him. Just prior to the 2020 presidential election, the New York Post broke the story about the Hunter Biden laptop computer, which he abandoned at a computer repair shop. During a presidential debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, the issue of the laptop came up. That was back in 2020, just before the election there in November. And uh, Joe Biden responded by citing a letter signed by and made public by 51 U.S. intelligence officials, widely circulated in the mainstream media, stating that the reports about the laptop appeared to be Russian disinformation designed to discredit Biden. And Biden self-righteously asserted that these same intelligence officials were saying reports about the laptop and its contents were, quote, garbage, unquote. That letter is to believe to have been have been decisive in discrediting reports about the laptop and helping Biden win the 2020 election. Frankly, I think he would have lost anyway, but uh, had we not had this massive fraud. But clearly it swayed some people into believing that there was nothing to the laptop. Of course, as we all know now, these subsequent reports were, in fact, entirely accurate and laptop and information it contains have been verified as authentic. Recall that former New York City mayor and former federal prosecutor and Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani has said the FBI has essentially become a secret police agency for the Democratic Party. So it's not surprising to see these people in our intelligence community, and they also involve the CIA and other intelligence agencies, people from them, uh, backing Joe Biden for president through this letter and other things they've done. Here are some comments about this situation by J.T. McFarland, who served as Deputy National Security Advisor under Michael Flynn, and you know what happened to him, for the first four months of uh, the Trump administration. She was asked to step down by Flynn's successor, H.R. McMaster. uh, I have really good things to say about him, but anyway, she made these comments on Fox's Sunday Morning Future Show with Maria Bartiromo on May 24th. Play soundbite three, please. We now have black and white evidence that the FBI interfered in the 2016 election. And then when they failed to get their candidate elected, Hillary Clinton, then they just set out to destroy the Trump administration. So then go back, go up to 2020. It was the CIA this time that got involved in the 2020 election with those 51 former intel agents 
who talked about the Hunter Biden laptop as total Russian disinformation. Mm. So they've gotten away with it for two elections. They're for sure going to get away with it, try to get away with it in 24, right? Because there's no consequence. The difference is in 2024, the evidence is there. We now have the Durham investigation. We have all the congressional investigations. There is now hard evidence that there was election interference by the U.S. intelligence agencies and the Department of Justice. They've got to be terrified. Those individuals have to be terrified that a Republican president comes in in the 2024 election with a Republican attorney general, investigates them and charges them all with the crimes they've committed over the last eight years. Well, we'll see about that. You're right. There are questions around these elections because of this interference. Do you think there will be election interference then in 24? Take it to the bank. They will absolutely interfere wow. in 2024. We're not sure how, but they will absolutely interfere, not only because they're not going to like whoever the Republican candidate is, but because they're going to protect their own hides. That's why they're, they were talking to their own people, and the whistleblowers have brought this up, that they were told, don't put anything on paper, just tell us orally. They right. knew that they were doing stuff wrong. They knew that they yeah. were going to be liable for prosecution. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. I wish the media were more curious about all of this. Unfortunately, the media takes the narrative of the Democrat Party and runs with it and then tries to cancel anybody who's not on board. Well, they're in the same position. They, they can't possibly admit they were wrong because that sort of cuts under, it, it just undercuts their whole reason for being. So they're going to continue to have the fake narrative and they're going to continue to cover up and pretend that nothing bad went on. I mean, they're all in it together. This is what the terrible thing is. These people are selling the country. Sh they're just selling us out, not only to yeah. foreign leaders, but they're, they're interfering in our elections. They're tearing up the Constitution. Why? Because they want to protect their jobs. They want to protect their ratings. It just, it just is. I never thought I would be this upset about how anybody in the government was performing. But this is just a gut punch to the American people. It, it really is. And it's because you're a patriot. You don't want to see this kind of injustice. I agree with you. KT, it's good to see you. Thank you. Continue with, continuing with more news about Joe Biden. Among recent revelations about money paid, for, paid from foreign governments to Biden family members, House Oversight and Accountability Committee Chairman James Comer revealed that an, F, an important FBI informant has gone missing. The informant reportedly was set to testify before the committee about knowledge of an alleged bribery scheme in which Joe Biden provided favorable action in exchange for that bribe. Here are more of Comer's comments as reported in an audio version of another article on the Epic Times website. Uh, on the missing informant, and this was on May 15th. Lay soundbite four, please. Informant linked to Biden bribery allegations now missing, Representative Comer says. An informant linked to allegations that President Joe Biden was involved in a quid pro quo bribery scheme has gone missing, according to House Oversight and Accountability Committee Chairman James Comer. When asked by Fox News' Maria Bartiromo on May 14 about those accusations, Comer said, Unfortunately, we can't track down the informant we're hopeful that the informant is still there. Comer made the statement while referencing an FBI informant's report, called an FD-1023, that the FBI allegedly has in its possession, according to a whistleblower who shared the report's existence with Senator Chuck Grassley's office. The whistleblower knows the informant, Comer said. 
The whistleblower is very credible, and all we're asking the FBI with respect to the Form 1023 is, what did you do to investigate this allegation? And they send us back a very patronizing letter basically saying, just trust us. Don't worry about it. In a statement emailed to the Epoch Times, a GOP oversight spokesperson clarified that the missing individual Comer was referring to was not the whistleblower who spoke with Congress, but another whistleblower. The spokesperson did not confirm that the missing informant is the same individual connected to the 1023 report. But Comer, during his Sunday Futures interview, told Bartiromo that reaching witnesses had been a common roadblock for the Oversight Committee given the serious nature of the allegations. Nine of the ten people that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens, they're one of the three things, Maria, they're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing, he said. So it's of the utmost importance that the FBI work with us to be able to try to identify what research they've done what investigations they've done, because we have people that want to come forward, but honestly, Maria, they fear for their lives. Comer also charged that whistleblowers were being intimidated and discredited by Biden's lawyers, the White House, and the media. He added that he knew who specifically at the White House was engaging in that intimidation but was saving revealing that information for a later time. Lack of Cooperation in an effort to obtain the report detailing alleged Biden's crimes, Comer subpoenaed the FBI on May 3 for all FD 1023s containing the word Biden that were created or modified in June 2020 and asked for an explanation of whether the allegations had been investigated. The agency failed to comply. Instead of providing the required documents, Christopher Dunham, acting assistant director of the FBI's Office of Congressional Affairs, sent Comer a letter on May 10 explaining the Bureau's particularly strong interests in protecting the integrity and confidentiality of such law enforcement-sensitive information. In the letter, Dunham emphasized the personal safety risks undertaken by confidential human sources and the FBI's policy of neither confirming nor denying the existence of ongoing investigations. The integrity of our work often requires us to preserve a separation between legislative investigations and law enforcement investigations, as the executive cannot effectively investigate if Congress is, in a sense, a partner in the investigation, Dunham wrote. It also would not be appropriate for Congress, in seeking to secure information necessary to legislate, to usurp the investigative functions of law enforcement. Dunham did note that the FBI would be moving forward with accommodating the committee's request. Comer on May 14 said the FBI's lack of cooperation was just part of a larger pattern of behavior by the Bureau suggesting there had been a cover-up for many years of the Biden family's influence peddling. This is a very serious accusation, he noted. All the FBI has to do is say, yeah, we looked into it, and it wasn't a credible informant but they won't answer our questions. The congressman added that the whistleblower who came forward to Congress about the informant's report is very credible and knows who the informant is. New Developments Prior to receiving Dunham's letter on May 10, Comer announced new developments in the Oversight Committee's Biden family probe. 
Most startling among the committee's findings was the revelation that the president's family members had altogether received more than $10 million from foreign entities, including while he was serving as vice president. The payments were not made directly, but were funneled through 20 shell companies before being deposited into the bank accounts of at least nine members of the Biden family, including one of the president's grandchildren. While none of the transactions identified by the committee directly involved the president, Comer stressed that many of them appeared to coincide with his diplomatic work as vice president. We believe the president has been involved in this from the beginning, obviously, the congressman said at a press conference. We're going to continue to look, and we can tell you from the people that we're meeting with that were involved with many of the schemes that we're pretty confident that the president was very knowledgeable about what his family was doing, he alleged. Democrats on defense. Not everyone on the oversight committee has been on board with the investigation into the president and his family members. As the committee's Republican leadership unveiled their findings last week, the committee's top Democrat criticized the probe as a partisan attack on Biden. Unable to implicate the president directly, committee Republicans have resorted to using cherry-picked bank records, misrepresentations about confidential and unverified bank reports known as SARS and baseless conspiracy theories to attack the president's family, including his grandchildren, Representative Jamie Raskin said in a statement. As Republicans use their oversight powers to advance this tiresome and aging smear campaign, they refuse to honor their public commitment to investigate former President Trump and former senior White House adviser Jared Kushner, their hundreds of LLCs, and the billions of dollars they collected directly from autocratic and corrupt foreign governments, he added. If they're in search of presidential corruption by foreign powers, the undisputed champion is their own guy. Meanwhile, in his May 14th interview, Comer had his own criticism for Raskin and the other Democrats on the committee, accusing them of obstructing the committee's investigation. My biggest problem with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee is their acting as a criminal defense attorney for the Biden family he charged. Not only are they not working with us, they're obstructing every step of the way. So the hurdles that our committee is having to overcome with the Democrats on the committee, with the Biden big-dollar criminal defense attorneys, with the power of the White House, with the Department of Justice, with the FBI there are a lot of obstacles. As for next steps in the investigation, Comer said that if the FBI fails to provide the subpoenaed document, the committee will not hesitate to pursue legal recourse. We're going to end up in court and I think we have a very compelling case in court to be able to win. It's just very frustrating, very disappointing that we're going to have to spend taxpayer dollars in court to get information that we shouldn't have any trouble in the world getting from our government. Here, once again, we see strong evidence that the FBI, and I suspect in cooperation, or should we say collusion, with other U.S. intelligence agency officials, the FBI acting, actively participating in suppression of evidence that negatively reflects on Joe Biden and his family. And they've had plenty of time to research all this stuff, investigate Raskin's people, the Jamie Raskin, his, the Democrat. They had plenty of time to look up Trump and his dealings overseas. And they haven't been able to come up with anything or they would have presented it long before this. But 
That's how they work. The lie and the trick. Move people away from the concentrating on what's really going on by bringing up things that are irrelevant. Now we have the long-awaited Durham report by Special Counsel John Durham, which condemned the FBI's actions in pursuing the bogus Trump-Russia collusion hoax. Durham's report and conclusions have been contemptuously dismissed as partisan politics again, nothing new, by former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe and others. McCabe, like so many other former intelligence agency officials, has gone into the media and is now a leftist political commentator. In McCabe's case, it's for CNN, you know, the Communist News Network, as it's alternately called, which is owned by Warner Brothers Discovery, a giant media conglomerate with its and its shareholders' ties to and business with China. Notably, Durham did not call for any prosecutions of those involved and McCabe likely would have been one of those, I strongly suspect. But who in the Department of Justice, or should I say the Department of Injustice, would be willing to prosecute? It's obvious these present and former U.S. intelligence officials, aided and abetted by corrupt left-wing Democrat and Republican allies and other elements of our society, are drunk with their power. They're a law unto themselves. They're substantially in control. They're smug, they're arrogant, and they have no intention of relinquishing any of that power as they devotedly promote socialistic control over America. I'd like to think that the Congress, at least the Republican-led House, will be able to uncover more information that the American people can view and make their own judgment as to what Joe Biden has been up to. But I despair of that ever happening. How the hell are we ever going to take back our country from such powerful, untouchable people? What do you think about all this? Well, that's it for another show. As always, we hope you found today's content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted shortly here on the Jim Benson Show pages at bbsradio.com. Look for us again with another show live two weeks from today in this same time slot. Have a great rest of your day and evening.